I'm John Jorgensen, and this is the Go With John Show. You may recall that Frank from Evolution Broadband was a guest on our show not too long ago, and shortly after his appearance, his son Joey wanted to come on the show and talk to me about his struggle with depression. It's a little bit off the beaten path of topics that we cover, uh, but there is some tie-in to our show. Technology today, and in particular social media, has become the center of our existence, especially for the youngsters out there. It can affect how much time you spend with your family. It can be a distraction at work. And for some of us, like my guest today, it can take us down a darker path than we prefer to go. Joining me today is Joey Stedman, along with his mom and dad, to talk about how technology, social media, and negativity affects us all as a result of not unplugging. All right, so I'm here today with Joey Stidman. Joey, you're 17 years old. I am. And we're here today with your mom and dad. We have Lynn Stidman and Frank Stidman uh, in the room with us. And we're going to chat a little bit about you and your story. And before we get into that, let me tell the folks how we got here. And I think uh, Frank and I were standing around uh, at the back of our pickup trucks out in front of a job site. And uh, I was uh, sharing with uh, Frank stories about how frustrated I was with the way technology had negatively impacted like my company culture. And it was really frustrating to me. And then Frank started talking about uh, your story. Eventually your dad, uh, Frank, came on to the podcast with me and uh, we did a great episode, which is getting a lot of downloads and a lot of uh, traction. People really like it. And Frank said, hey, you know what? My son Joey would love to come on and, and share uh, his story with the folks. And I said, great, let's do it. So that's kind of how we got here. Here. It, it's it's uh, wonderful to have you guys here, and thank you for coming. And Joey, welcome. Hello. I almost said welcome again. There you go. <laughs> thank you. It's all thank good. You. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. This is gonna, this is great. Yeah. No. It's it's going to be great. So Joey, so tell us a little bit about um, some of your hobbies. So you're into photography, and tell us how did you get into uh, photography. Uh, with my old friends, I used to be the one who, the designated photographer, which at first I was annoyed about because, you know, I wasn't the one in the photos, uh -huh. but then I found out that I actually kind of liked taking the photos and then I bought a nicer phone with a better camera. And then I took a photography class sophomore year and I excelled really well in that. And then I actually won a few awards too. Um, and it was one of my best hobbies in sophomore year. It was great. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I, lo I love taking pictures as well. And you, you, you have you have some great uh, photography on Thank your you. website. It's really amazing. So you also play uh, guitar. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about that. So how, what, what made you get into guitar? What was the, what what inspired you to pick up a guitar to my begin? My father. He, your uh, father. He pushed that on me for like three years, and yeah. I didn't touch my electric guitar. And then one day, I was like. I want to learn acoustic guitar and naturally he'd already bought me like a $150 washburn so I didn't touch that thing because I outgrew it really fast right but I eventually learned guitar and I started taking lessons and with my instructor Vinny who is a great influence on me who I'll probably talk about later right um and then I played that for years uh learned some classic rock modern rock some random right. songs uh, right it was one of my favorite hobbies at the time 
Yeah. Are you still playing a lot of music now? I wouldn't say a lot, but I still have uh, weekly guitar lessons with my instructor. Um, nice. Still, still learning stuff right now. I'm learning Ride the Lightning Metallica right now. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's some serious music right oh, there. Oh, it's, it's difficult. I'm not I'm not going to learn that solo within like a year because I'm yeah. not practicing every day like I used to. But yeah. so, so folks out there think that you can just, like some people are gifted and you can just pick up a guitar and play it, right? And it's just, is that, does that ever happen, do you think? That absolutely that does happen yeah. i mean i wouldn't say you can pick it up and you know everything but there's some people just have a knack for it they right. i wouldn't say every anybody can just pick it up but other people learn really fast at right that. right right i'm not one of them <laughs> i bought my first guitar in 1995 i still have it and i literally could not play it till about two or three years ago so you guys can do the math that's a little while i'm a slow learner <laughs> it's hard. Very hard. yeah it is it's it's brutal so so um so tell us your story so what so you, you you know so you had some challenges so you're 17 years old you're a really young guy you got your whole life ahead of you and you've had some real difficulties and 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 part of it ties into technology and social media and and really we want to come here today and celebrate you and celebrate how you overcame uh your challenges but tell us kind of what happened in your life and and uh what 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 got you into let's just call it a dark place in life uh well elementary school i was perfectly fine like i i don't think anybody's uh, anybody's mental illness develops in elementary school. I haven't seen that before. Right. Um, although I have seen what like psychopathic six year olds, but that's a different story. Sure. Um, let's see. Elementary school, I was fine. Middle school was really rough for me. I have a condition with my back where if anybody touches my upper back, it feels like I'm on fire. And I've been dealing with that since seventh grade. I've been to 10 doctors on, uh, I have three different diagnoses. Right. It's, it would, would kids like on purpose touch your back or yes, yeah. actually, so, yeah, so how did the back condition yeah tie in tell us how that so i was an attention i'm not gonna lie i was an attention seeker in seventh and eighth grade i was very that's in, never very happened annoying. with any seventh or eighth grader most of them oh don't yeah want no any most attention. of them are very uh <laughs> compliant most of them are very competent I, yeah well let's just say it was extra bad for me yeah uh and i would start for some reason i i found attention in that and that was a huge mistake because people would purposely slap me on the back and right. the condition was real i just was broadcasting that for some reason i don't understand myself i would not be friends with my seventh grade year old self right but most of us probably would yeah i if you would be there's something wrong there. right, right. um <laughs> yeah but it was yeah a lot of people harassed me for that right uh like I said, hit me in the back purposely. That hurt a lot and just kind of emotional pain. That's, I think that's when it started. Right. But, so what started when you say it started? Uh, you... Just general depression. It, okay. I wasn't feeling good and I was trying to, at first I threw myself into school and I would stress over an A minus, which my parents literally didn't care. They were like, as long as you get B's or up that you're fine. Right. Which is kind of ironic because all the other kids were, their parents would stress A's or A minuses and then they would not care. Right. So it's kind of reverse psychology there, if that makes sense. Right, sure, I mean, sure. I don't know if that was the intention, but right. uh, <laughs> probably not, but. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure not. I can see Lynn is shaking her head no, so. No, I mean, we just wanted him to do his best. Right. In school. Sure. Right. Yeah. And be happy. And be happy. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah that's yeah. the one I failed at. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're there now, so. Yeah, I'm, that's, I'm that's happy good. now, and that's what I'm, ha I'm so, glad. So what happened? 
what happened. Uh, seventh middle school sucked, but then it was really in uh, freshman year that things got rough. One of my best friends he uh, said some messed up stuff to me. One he tried to, I wouldn't say he tried to get me to kill myself, but he offered me sleeping pills. That's horrible. Yeah, he yeah. asked me, "How would you kill yourself?" And I said, "Sleeping pills." And then he offered to get me some. Yeah, that's brutal. And that would that hurt me a lot because sure. you know he's supposed to be my best friend, and then suddenly, hey, I'll assist you in suicide. That, right. That one hurt a lot. Right. Uh, my friends weren't. They were very. Some of them were very supportive. Some of them weren't. Yeah. Um. And I just threw myself into the whole social crowd, and then that was when, around winter and freshman year, I'd say like around January, that's when I started heavily drinking. Most, right. Like, and least. what and what year was that? That was uh, 2019. Okay. Or 2020, probably. Uh, yeah, early 2020. Yeah. Because uh, in 2019. Well, because I started like maybe you in, like, went into December. the hospital the first time. I want to say in October. Of yes, 2019. I miss Halloween. Yeah. So October of 2019 to about June of 2020, in my mind, is the chunk of time. Yes. Yeah. That was the that those were the bad times. Where and that's I was like drinking. literally right before COVID. Yeah, yeah. In, well, in COVID, so yeah. he went into a group home for two months. They a week into it, they locked it down, and we couldn't really come visit him. Yeah, yeah. That wow. was rough, but COVID kind of saved me academically, and I right. think a lot of kids can agree with that. Right. Um. Anyone who, especially juniors, speak, uh, juniors that year because juniors is the hardest, and a lot of people got to take their finals online. I right, believe. right, right. So, so how did you get there? I mean, how did you get to the point where you started drinking? Like, what was, what was, was there a driver? Was there? I was the driver. If anything, I felt yeah. bad because I was an awful influence on my friends. I was the one who was supplying, mm-hmm. um, and it's better now that I got cut off from them because, if anything, I was the bad influence on them in that way. Right. Um, but no, I was the driver. I mean, the driver was the fact that there was a liquor shelf three feet away from me in the basement. Right. Um, and that just made things easier. Right. Yep. Yep. And I think we've all grown up with that. I mean, I think I grew up in that same scenario where, you know, it was there. And I think everybody probably approaches it um, a a little differently, you know, but um, so what do you what do you want people to learn? So, you know, one of the things you told me is you want to tell your story and you want to try to uh, help other people. So how would you how would you help somebody else? I mean, what would you from your perspective, what would you say to somebody who's struggling with with uh, depression? Because it's almost more than depression. It's almost, you, you know, you've you've got you've got depression. You've got social bullying uh, on on social media, right? right? You've yeah. got which we didn't really talk about that yet, but you've got uh, physical bullying, and you've got your typical. Uh, uh, I think scenario where you have seventh and eighth graders who are just at that stage in life where it's just kind of difficult to begin with. Right. And then you start throwing these other things uh, in. But so what would you say to folks um, to try to help them or to try to make them aware that maybe something is bigger happening here than just general prototypical adolescence? Well, to help other people, I would say, especially for teenagers, because this is difficult for them, try your best not to be negative. A lot of people like to talk crap about other people, and mm-hmm. that makes you feel better, I guess, in the short term. But that just that's never a good thing. That just makes other people feel bad, and then you feel bad. Or just overall being negative about everything, that's just that's how you easily fall into depression. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're negative about everything, what are you happy about? Mm-hmm. You're not happy about anything. And mm-hmm. so trying to be as positive as possible and 
the least negative. I mean, try to assume the best in other people or always assume positive intentions. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, I'm trying to think of a situation that where that would come into play, but I'm not sure. Well, I can, you know, I mean, I can tell you in business classes, when I go to business classes or I go to seminars, they'll tell you, write down the names of all the people that you spend the most time with, right? It's usually five or six or seven people because you don't have a lot. And then they'll say, you know, are these people generally positive or negative? And then is there anybody in your sphere that's really negative? And then they'll say, you've got to get away from them, right? Because negativity begets negativity, right? When you get into that negative, tearing down kind of mentality, it tears you down and everybody else. And when you get into that positive space where you're trying to build everybody up around you, then that that just perpetuates itself, um, you know, as well. So I think that's what you're what you're saying is try to get the negativity out of your life and focus on the positive, both absolutely on your own and with the people that you spend time with, because you've you've already made the comment. I'm not sure if you made this comment before we started rolling mics about that you're you've you've cut off contact with a lot of these negative folks that were a negative influence on you. Actually, if anything, it was the other way around. They cut off contact with me. But if anything, that was better for everybody involved. Right. Uh, So I'm I'm glad now, but that hurt a lot at the time being. Right, right, right. Sometimes it's just bad chemistry, you know? (laughs) Yeah, well, it started off great. I mean, I had, I mean, they were very supportive and they were part of the, they were the reason I'm still here. Right. And they're also the reason why I almost wasn't here. Right. Right. Amazing we, how that works. Isn't we it? think that, that with him and what we coached him for is to get away from wanting to be a part of a group. We think that there's dynamics that exist in a group that can get out of control and get crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, even if it, like that group we used to love, we, it seemed like a very good thing at first. And then at some point, somebody's going to inject something negative and evil into it. And mm-hmm. then that takes off like a virus. What we've coached him to do is have a few friends, but very good ones. Right. And he's right. much healthier for it. Right. As and best as we can see. Yeah, exactly. And, th- right. and that's and that's the way that's the way life works. And that's the way it is with my life, Frank. And I'm sure yeah. yours, too. And Lynn, you you end up with a you know, it's funny when I was in high school over and over and over and over. Teachers would say, you know, when you're 35 years old, you're going to be able to count the friends you have on one hand. Mm-hmm. And I think we all sat there in school and said, ah, no, nah, it's not going to happen to me. But the reality is that's just the way life works. Yeah. You know, and, and if you accept it and work with it, I think we're all better off. So, so how did technology and social media, so, so now you're 17 years old, so you've grown up with a phone in your hand. Absolutely, yeah, since I was 12, I think. Yeah, yeah so you were born, you were born in what year? Uh, 2004. Good, January so we got 1st. that, so I mean, we I that get, one right away. There, there was there's no kind confusion. of a stigma <laughs> among my grade against 2004 kids. Yeah. Uh, even though I was born January 1st, so I count myself with the 2004 So why is there kids. a stigma against 2004 kids? We're pretty stupid. No, come on. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Some of uh, the younger generation, or right. the younger side, like the ones born in like September. There's, yeah. I wouldn't say a stigma, but it's just kind of a joke. Yeah, there's always some sort of a joke flying around. Exactly. So, so you know, and, and that's and that's the thing for me, and I'll just tell like a quick story. So when before, uh, it's really only been about the last 10 years, right? So we're in 2020 now, so around 2010, and you were born in 04. But it used to be, you know, I started my first business 35 years ago. And when we came to work, and Lynn and Frank, you will remember this, maybe not you, Frank, uh, because you've kind of been self-employed your whole life. But when we went to work, we, 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 we had a policy at our company where you were not allowed to have personal phone calls. Like it was a, you would come to the office and you would clock in in the morning and you were trapped 
in this building or office or you were trapped with this team of people all day and there were no outside influences coming into your organization. And I never realized how amazing it was at the time when I look back at it. And if somebody got a personal phone call, it was a big deal. And you could get, if you got too many personal phone calls during the week, you could get fired, you know, or we would have to let somebody go because they were disrupting the workflow of, of, of the day. And now with, with the folks that have been coming into the workplace in the last, I don't know, seven or eight years who grew up with that phone in their hand, they can't seem to come to the office like that. That whole experience is gone with the Internet, with the news coming in, like everybody's plugged in, everybody's sharing emails all day and you're working on the Internet. You can't get off. And if there's some kind of a catastrophe, everybody knows right away that there's been a plane crash or there's been, you know, uh, some world event. And, and there's this constant distractions in the workplace. And, and I don't think it's really a good thing, and I fight it. And everybody who works with me really understands how I'm trying to hold on to the past. And now I'm just one of these old guys that, uh, you, you, you know, you know, I don't get it, right? And But I do get it. Right. <laughs> so, but how did technology, because you just don't know what it was, right? And, right. But how did technology play a role or impact your situation? My situation? Uh, having contact with everyone 24-7 and being expected to reply. I mean, I think it's ridiculous uh, for people to get mad at you for ignoring them on the phone. You bought that phone. You have the right to answer whenever. Right. Um, I mean, it used to be that you couldn't contact anyone 24-7, whereas now I can get a hateful text any second, and that does happen still. Right. Um, still today? Uh, I wouldn't say till today, but I've got over the past few months, I've gotten a few just long paragraphs of text that I've just ignored that right. I didn't even read them, but I know that they were against me. Right. Um, but just being able to, anyone can say anything to you at any time. It's ridiculous, especially right. social media. I can block someone on text. I can't, and I can block them on Instagram. I can block them on Snapchat, but they can right. create a new account. They can always contact me. Right. And well, ugh, so what is cyberbullying? Because, like, I I think everybody experienced some sort of bullying. Did you, Lynn, experience any bullying? Maybe not not the ladies, but Frank, did you? Oh, yeah, plenty. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I mean, I just think that even if you didn't, even if you weren't really bullied, I think everybody has felt like they were bullied, even if it was unintentional, right, Uh, from my perspective. I mean, it's... uh, so, so, but if you're, but if you're, what is cyberbullying? Like, I, I understand there are people that are saying horrible things, right, to you directly, but are they also posting things on Facebook about you? And, or is it mostly just like directed directly at you privately one on one? What's interesting is actually, I think that we've gotten cyberbullying that's public under control, and I'll talk about that in a second, but it's mostly direct messaging that. Right tends to be bad and like I said it's 24-7 contact with anyone in the right. world that's bad um, but the cyberbullying that's public what ends up happening it, at least in my area is everyone just starts commenting hate on the person who was cyberbullying cyber right. and then they suddenly get just completely cancelled and everyone hates on them for right. hating on other people and it's right. it's amazing you'll see a hateful post and then thousands of comments just saying take this down Right. it's Amazing. I mean, that's great. I think our society yeah. has evolved, right, to the yeah. point where we understand. At least here. Uh, uh, yeah. It could be completely different in like Maryland, or, Maryland right. or something. One of the real dangers that slipped past us, and we still struggle with this, is, you know, you were up until 2, 3, 4 in the morning sometimes 
texting and dealing with things. And so he's dead tired. And, you know, that's one of those ingredients for making depression even worse. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And mm -hmm. not thinking clearly. And so one of the mistakes we made as parents is not demanding and requiring that that phone be put on our in our room right. by eight, nine o'clock, whatever your standard is, and taking it away because right. it is such a powerful thing for them to want to look. They, they can barely sleep. The anxiety is, oh my God, somebody might have texted right. me and I need to respond, or somebody said this about me and I need to defend myself. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, and those addicting. are, and so it's defend, addicting. They yeah. just can't resist it. Right, right, right. Most it of is. us can't. Yeah, well, no, I agree. We all. I mean, it's, it's, it's a sickness that's really building in. And yeah. uh, so, you know, to his point, the, the posting on a major social media site and crapping on somebody, you're probably going to get a lot of grief over that. So they've moved that to direct messaging or right. even group chat. Group chat can be very dangerous. Oh, yeah. Right. The, I had a, I was on a group chat that was very negative, And I felt Toxic. bad for one of my friends because he had different political views and they would just harass the hell out of him. Right. I, it, right. Was, it was awful. That's the bad side of canceling. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Yes. Yeah. So so the, the, the direct messaging is, is brutal, still is brutal today. Right. And, you know, I guess one of the things you said was interesting that people expect you to respond like right away. What What is uh, I, I'm not sure I understand that. Like, I, I hear what you said loud yeah. and clear. But for some reason, I'm struggling to understand why. What is the concept behind that? Or is there a concept behind that? I, yeah, it. To us, it's like talking to someone directly right. and then ignoring them. Right. Like not like if you're talking to me right now and I just start looking away, I'm not talking to you. Especially if you start talk, texting other people, yeah. then it's obvious that you're ignoring them. And to me, I, I think that's perfectly fine. You have the right not to respond to someone. But right. then the other person just gets angry. And that's really common within my generation. Right. And I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what is there anything that you would add to this conversation that we've just had about bullying, cyberbullying? Is there anything that comes to mind that we haven't touched on that you want to get out there? Not particularly. I okay. Mean, other than I guess just don't try to be as ne not negative as possible. That would be positive. That would be positive. <laughs> well, no, no, there's a difference between not being negative and being positive, in my right. opinion. But wait, don't two negatives make a positive? Sure. So we're there. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Perfect. So tell them what you did with the social media accounts you're on. I deleted them. Well, yeah. sort of. I deactivated the accounts and then deleted the app. So that's a great comment. And that's where I, that's where I was going to go. That's where I was going to go next is like, OK, so what do we do? Right. So so let's take a uh, let's take a five minute break. And when we come back, let's talk about what you did and how you overcame and how you're living the awesome life that you're living today. In case you missed it, here's a clip from episode six, Frank Stidman. When I have tough days, I remember that, um, you know, perseverance is everything. It is. And they, they say that, uh, you know, you could read a library full of books about business and how to succeed in this and that, but that is the number one factor. So you've listened to Joey. Obviously, you know his story uh, inside and out. Uh, you didn't need to hear it to know it. Uh, you've lived it. But what else would you add to it? You know, would you want to add any color to what Joey said from a mom and dad perspective? Sure. So, um, you know, 
just don't be, at least with the mental health part, don't be afraid to ask your children direct questions. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we're proud of him for coming to us and saying that he needed to see someone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's amazing with, you know, we talk about the apps and how the downside of it, but with the technology and getting access to doctors, it's amazing. You can book an appointment mm-hmm. right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was definitely an emotional time for us. Right. And um, right, and I know that because I know Frank, and I remember that conversation like it was yesterday when we were we were standing out in front of. Uh, you know, that job site in McLean. And, you know, Joey, I can tell you, your dad was, uh, he was deeply, deeply concerned, mm-hmm. deeply concerned, right? So. Yeah, Joey had walked past us when we were sitting on our couch at the outset of all this before we knew anything was going on. And there was something about the expression on his face. And I turned to my wife and I said, something's up. Yep. Yeah. And that comes from experience. Um, I'm mentally ill as well. I suffer from uh at times severe depression right um and so i understand it on a more visceral level i also understand the clinical side of it so there's a a lot of people that think depression is just a mood it is absolutely not it is clinical it is chemicals in your brain problems with serotonin problems with your gut's ability to make the appropriate chemicals and so the science and pharmaceuticals of it have come a long way but what joey and i don't want is this band-aid these pills we take every day we want to be cured right and there's you know a lot of things coming along we can talk about that later but um you know it was very difficult but where we think we were blessed with this is this happened in high school right while he's under our care and we see him every day right versus him going to college where a lot of people just flat out lose their kids yeah because they have no idea they're circling the drain right and having these problems and frankly you have so much less rights as parents once they hit 18 obviously and go to college but even in their age after 13 it becomes very limited what you can know about your kid right from their caretakers so if it happens in high school you can intercept it but you got to be paying attention well ta- you know one of the things you were frank i remember like it was yesterday because this whole thing started this whole conversation started because i was venting about technology sure. and you were telling me about how you were having difficulties controlling the technology with Joey, right? Still do. Like, like with your with your rights over the phone. Mm-hmm. The phone was in your name. Correct. And what kind of rights do you have over that phone? None. Even, I, so I, that phone that. is on my account. Yeah. And he went into treatment. We didn't entirely know what was going on. And I went to Apple to get this phone unlocked. Right. And they wouldn't do it. Right. But I you had his phone. phone. You had his phone. I had his phone. Yeah. I pay for it. Yep. I bought that phone. That account's in my name. Wouldn't right. unlock it. Right. Amazing. And we didn't know, you know, if there's things we needed to know on there that were life saving or right. you know, would have gone to help us. But and Joey was to, 16 at the time. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, they just they absolutely won't do it. And I maybe with a court order, but I've even heard that they will uh, fight the court orders right. on that kind of stuff. So something's, you know, I don't know. I don't know yeah. what to think about all that as a parent. It ended up OK in spite of that. And um you know, yeah, we were talking about how little rights we have as parents to intervene. Yeah. That probably comes from other parents abusing it. Sure. You know, we're we're watching a, a situation um, somewhat distant to us, but we're watching it where the parents are in the middle of a divorce and there's a control thing going on right. with the kid. That's real bad. And maybe that's what's brought about these, 
you know. But yeah. that's my phone. I pay for it. Right? <laughs> and it's your, <laughs> it's and it's your son. Phone, it's your son, right? Yeah. I think Part. it's because the Apple, so the phone and services in my name, but like maybe you had your own Apple ID. Uh well, I think part of the right thing is it's so the physical phone itself is your property, but the information on the phone is right. mine. That's their take on it. That's yeah. mine too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so. No, I get it, but you're you're no you're where your guardians and right. You know. So we ended up um, telling him while he was under the therapist that right. we were taking the phone. Right. We we're going to see what was on there. We're wiping it clean, right. getting a new phone number. From there on forward, we have access to that phone. Right, so right. So he was aware. And we also went through his contacts. Right. And we went to, at least Joey and I went together and said, okay, what about this person? Who, yeah. who are you going to keep on your phone? Right, right, Who's right. Who's a positive? So at some point, life? at some point, there was a turning point, right? Because it sounds like you guys were at odds with each other for a period of time, or, or were you never at odds with each other? Was, uh, I think it was communication. Mm-hmm. Um, so Joey had difficulty reaching out right. when he needed the help and also not being able to communicate the right way so right. with each other. Um, but so obviously he didn't want to share with you the information ready. on his phone, mm-hmm. right? But then, and right, so did you feel there was a conflict at some point? I'd say so, and it was over the phone, and that's also part of the issue. Like, if you're having, if you're having a conflict like that over information, right, with a phone, then that's just kind of messed up, right? I don't know, and that's not anybody's fault. That's just how technology is, right? Well, it's also how seven, sixteen-year-olds are with their parents, right? So it's right. more that it's just uh, even before phones. I think there was, but it sounds like you guys were all working together from day one. I mean, it doesn't sound like there was a big you know, conflict within the family. No. There was just some tension with regard to information. Yeah. 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 I, agree, yeah. I mean, I, not towards him. I'm, I was resentful for towards the technologies and what, what they've done and the right. manipulation that's occurred. And the more, I think even you, you had told me about a show called the social dilemma. I think it was you that told me. I don't think it was me. No, maybe no. not, yeah. but that's a very good one to watch because they bring the engineers. Right that have since left these companies because of what they're doing. And they talk about the algorithms yeah. and how they work to manipulate yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. So they see what he's typing. Right. I'm his parent. I don't get to see what's on there. Right. But the people in Facebook or, you know, I know Facebook's granny yeah. stuff now, but yeah. social media. Yes. When we say Facebook, we mean social media. His right. generation right. does not use Facebook. Right. Um, they look at the comments and then they say, okay, um, he said such and such, and that got a ton of likes or whatever comments yeah. and this and that. And they start doing things to steer that. Exactly. They yeah. will manipulate. They will actually give people little windows into what other people are doing in yes. order to, to incite reactions. Yes. And it's that's just how like they, the, they make their money. It's like the reality shows. They yeah. deliberately get different. They have a deliberately get different personality types that they yes. know are going to fight because that right. gets ratings. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. The, the, the boxer I told you yeah. about who was yes. his coach was talking to me about that. And he, he was on a, a show called The Contender and he was telling me, hey, look right off the bat, Mark Burnett, the producer, yeah. comes out and says, I want you guys to know something. This is not about making you look good. Yeah. This is about getting ratings and viewers. Yeah. And you have the chance right now to leave if you don't understand that, but it is not our job to right. make you look good. Yeah. With them, it's their job to do whatever they're gonna do to get clicks out of these kids. Yep. Yeah. 
Exactly. And then they sell that to advertise. They sell data like crazy and things like that. So we drive that by being engaged yes. on those. If we do what he did and we eliminate those apps, that's our vote. Right. So Lynn. Yeah. But my, on the flip side, you know, with some of the apps, like the, the last time, if we didn't have the GPS app that we right. had, we would never, I don't know if we would have found them. Sure, and I'm not well, picking on apps, no, I'm picking I on social media. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, social media, but you know, just in technology altogether, you yeah. know. There's, there's some good, good and bad. You have good yep. and you have your bad. Right. And then um, the other good is like, there's an app that I found, it's called Not, not Okay, it's mm -hmm. a free app. Mm -hmm. And um, it allows everyone, kids, teens, adults, um, you know, all you have to do is press it and mm -hmm. it sends messages to mm -hmm. certain people saying, I'm not okay. Come find me, come right. call me, come, right. you know, that way That's they don't amazing. have to yeah. call Speak. someone and tell them right. all they have to do is press that button. That's amazing. You know, and you know, I'm, Joey did not use that resource, but fortunately it there, there it, yeah. it is there. And sometimes just knowing it's there is all you need, I would think. Yeah, you it know? opens up the door yeah. for someone. Yeah, yeah. So how did you guys turn the corner? So what is what is um, the, the um, solution? No, there's no obviously one solution, right? So what I do wanna just say before we kind of move on, the one thing that you, Lynn, and I were talking about before um, we started was the stigmatism around going to seek mental health. Do you guys want to talk about that? Because I don't really understand it. I think that uh, I think we all use coaches. We talked about your guitar teacher, uh, Frank. You've talked about the boxing coach. Everybody has coaches. I don't get it either, right? We all agree mm -hmm. that if you're having a bad day or if you're struggling with depression or if you're having a bad relationship or if you have a medical issue that you're trying to get over with and you need to go see a mental coach, I don't get what the big deal is. But what, what's your... Um, what's my take yeah, on Yeah, what's it? your take on that? Um, I mean, I go to a therapist myself. I deal with anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, I think that... Some people personally think it's a pride thing, right. possibly. Right, right. Um, I also, when I have shared my story, our, our family's story, it's right. amazing how many people were supportive. But then it was amazing how people were like, oh, just have him, you know, just take the phone away. Right. You know, right. but <laughs> at the same time, the phone could be a lifesaver exactly. for him. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's just, the, the mentality of the person yeah. individually. Um, that's why I think talking about our story and just being able to get it out there opens mm -hmm. up a door, the Absolutely. awareness. Absolutely. And yeah. It can be culturally based too. Yeah. yeah. Well, and depending on the day you hit me, Frank, you know, I could be the guy that would just say, just take the phone away. Right. I could, yeah. I mean, and I wouldn't really mean it if I, like, if I hadn't thought about it. Right. So I could, I could see how people, um, would, would say it seems like a pretty easy solution. Well, but yeah. it doesn't address the clinical aspect of it. Right. So remember, depression has a clinical yes. aspect, which is your brain chemicals. Yep. And then there's there's the symptoms. You know, my girlfriend dumped me. I'm depressed for a week. Right. That is situational depression. And right. maybe taking a phone away from that might help because yeah. you're not seeing the message. <laughs> but taking the phone away won't necessarily 
yeah. change the chemicals, the, the longer term right. fix. I mean, there's there's good things that it can do. But, uh, you know, the Virginia Tech shooting where I think, what did he take out, 31 people? Yeah, yeah. All right, that young man had been showing symptoms of mental illness for a while, but right. his family's culture going all the way back to Korea yes. was do not talk about mental health. Right, right. And Get that's, over that's it. That's never good. And it yeah. would have very likely prevented what happened there. Yeah, Possibly Possibly happen, you know, at least there would have been some intervention, but that stigma existed because thousands of years in that culture, mental illness isn't a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I think it's getting worse in society. Absolutely. Something's really going on here. Yeah. And uh, well, I don't I I would definitely agree with that, Frank. I mean, I and and I I would I would I would say I don't think we really understand what the impact of the Internet is. And I I, I don't think we're going to know for another few decades. We're always on. Yeah, we're yeah, always yeah, on. Yeah, we're yeah. always dealing with definitely information. Tougher on this generation. Absolutely. I, yeah, yeah, definitely. So, Joey, how did you get out of this? How did I get out of this? Yes, because um, that's what we want to hear. <laughs> right. We want to hear how did you pull yourself out of this? And so one of the things that I think you did was uh, you were running. Why? So tell us why you were running. Uh, what got you into running? What got me into running? Uh, I've always been good at it i've always yep. had a good good stamina i mean not i i didn't have amazing stamina but you had a reason why you yeah. started you were running right well i mean i ran track and cross country in high school and right. i started off being like the second worst of the team and then i ended up being the top runner for a while but then then it got worse actually track simultaneously saved my life and made it worse because uh, I was running six days a week and volunteering yeah. on the seventh. It was yeah. literally my entire life. You can, uh, there's kind of a joke. You can choose between these three things: high, uh, good grades, a sport slash uh, job, and then a social life. You can choose two of those. Right. In high school, you can't right. have three. It's impossible. And I just didn't have, I didn't have a life. It was school, running, sleep, eat, sleep, and then repeat. Right. And then, and that was post. Depression or pre-depression? Pre-depression. Okay, okay. And then it didn't help that some of those people, uh, the bad people, yeah. were on the team. Oh, gotcha, So that's gotcha. actually why I had to leave. The, that's part, mostly why I had to leave the team. Also, right. I got my coach was very rough on us physically because, right. I mean, my knee got injured and I just couldn't physically yeah. run anymore. It was right. it hurt too bad. Um, they pushed him to run anyway. Yeah. Old school coaching. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was pretty bad. But yeah. uh, they, they meant well. And that's what also what I mean by trying to see the positive. Like he didn't, my coach did not mean to hurt me. He right. was just trying to help me by improving my times. And mm-hmm. I understand that I'm not mad at him. I was for a time because I was being irra- irrational. But right. I mean, you got to try and see the positive in that. But mm-hmm. anyways, uh, running was running in freshman year saved my life because I was not feeling good. But right. because I was running every day. Uh, that was my medicine. Mm-hmm. That was my medication that I'm taking now, essentially, because mm-hmm. it was helping me mentally. And then it also was hurting me mentally. So I wasn't happy, but at least I was alive. Right. It was, I was alive for the time being. And then sophomore year came, I wasn't running as competitively. I was getting worse. Mm-hmm. And I went for a run to go jump off a building. And uh, on the run, I ended up feeling better. And I ran around 10 miles, almost a half marathon. Mm-hmm. Um just I just kept running and then I ran home and then acted like nothing happened and then mm-hmm. the next week I went to the mental hospital so the so that run you had an epiphany and yeah I wouldn't say epiphany I just felt better 
and time the, to talk. Right. Time to get help. Yeah. Those there's endorphins. Yeah. There's a physical pain that comes with it, and you're and yeah. for me, it's in my just gut, and I right. couldn't deal with that. I felt like I was getting stabbed and stamped, slammed by a freaking hammer. Right. In my stomach, every three seconds, and it was just awful. And then I felt. So horrible. what was causing that? I mean, was that the depression that was depression. causing that pain? Yeah. And then did and the running social. make it go away or did the running, yes. the running made it go away? Yes. Okay. And then also my thoughts. I mean, the thought process, I was just like, life isn't worth it. This is, it's too much pain. I'm sorry. I have yeah. to get help. I will end it. That was my first oh, okay. reaction. Right. And then I got help later. Wonderful. Finally. Well, we're glad you did. Me too. <laughs> so, so tell us, um, how are you now dealing, I guess, how are you dealing with with life today? What, are, what, what, what is your secret sauce for you, right? So you know how to make a great cup of coffee. Right. So I mean, <laughs> that, that does help. Caffeine does help, I'm not yeah. gonna lie. But I guess, I mean, I keep coming back to this, but positivity and not mm -hmm. being negative. I mean, if I just try to see the best in people, I try to help as many people as possible and that makes me feel good. Yeah. And if I can help, the, every time I help someone, I have friends that also struggle. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm their therapist, but I'm their go-to friend to help them get through whatever they're, they're going through. And I think I'm doing a good job with that. Yeah, I'm sure you are. And I, yeah. I, I think so. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, they seem, to, awesome. they seem to be doing well, and that just makes me feel better. And doing things that – doing what you can to help other people always makes you feel good. Absolutely. And that absolutely will always be a positive yep. influence on anyone. That is absolutely – that is absolutely true. The more you give, the more you get. The more you help people, the more you're 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 feeding your soul for sure. Right. Like what you're hearing on the Go With John show? Please share it with your friends. They can sign up at GoWithJohn.com. So what do you think about technology? Do you have, you know, we, we chatted a little bit about this offline. What, you, you know, how do you take any measures to meter the amount of, of exposure you have to um, social media? Do you play video games on yes. your phone? Oh, not on are my you, phone. Not my phone. I mean, well, so are not you a video phone. gamer? Do you video game? Oh, I a little too much for it to be okay, but it's COVID. So. Yeah. So what is, so what is a little too much for it to be okay? Like four hours a day. Oh, dude, that's crazy. <laughs> To be I mean, fair, I do make money off it. I Nick, make, Nick, our our engineer is over here shaking it off. I know Nick's a video gamer, so he, he uh, knows. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, where <laughs> we've we've, you know, innately, I would like to throttle that. However, with COVID, he has very little social yeah. interaction with people, and his friends are online with him playing. Right. No. No. That's I, right. I, I totally so socialization. When the COVID's yeah. over and we can get back to socialization, but then I'm yeah. expecting different things. But for now, we understand that there's, you know, some positive aspect to it. Absolutely. It is interactive. Yeah, because it it's not just brain. the game. It's the, it's the other kids that are doing this for four hours. Right. I got a real problem with that. Yeah. But the video games. Very talking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where so, the video games become a problem is when he's up too late and not mm -hmm. getting the appropriate. Yeah, and I've been getting better about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. So. So, so, so are you taking measures to meter the amount of exposure you have to social media. Uh, I well, I mean, I did delete Instagram. I've never been on Facebook. I deleted Snapchat. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, I intend to. If I didn't, I don't know. Um, I deleted everything. I the only thing I'm on is Twitter and Reddit, and that those I'm not actually on. It's just a dead account to browse, and that's sure. a little bit different. As long as you're not, 
interacting. Yeah, as long as you're not really interacting, I think it's fine. So what kind of measures are you taking on the electronic side this to control or, or manage your personal situation? I would say this beautiful button called do not disturb mm-hmm. that helps a lot. I mean, the only interaction I have th- with people is through text. And if I just click that one button, then my phone is no longer, you know, I don't active. interact with people. It's right. not active. I mean, people can text me, but I don't see it. And yeah. that's great. Cause with, with guitar, I use it for backing tracks, yeah. uh, with photography and I use it for editing and on the spot. And then just, to also take other photos. Cause yeah. you know, it's difficult to carry a whole camera around and that's why photography the the photography industry industry is dying because of phones the cameras are getting so good that you don't need an actual camera and anyone can take a picture now right and that's the problem because now i can't really make it's difficult to make money off that but and then with running i need it for music Mm -hmm. Uh, phones themselves are not necessarily a bad thing anything to as long as you're moderating Mm -hmm. things anything is fine yeah so, but you make a good point because I didn't even think about that is you've got your phone with you all the time. You're using it for photography. You're using it for music. You're using it to play music. So it's always there. So if anybody texts you, you're just you're just like there. And that do not disturb button is really your probably most valuable tool. It sounds oh, it's, like. It's on 70, 70% of the time. That's I'm amazing. awful at answering texts and that's kind of on purpose. Yeah. But then I think people begin to understand that about you, and then they can't get upset when you don't respond within 15 seconds. Exactly. Yeah, and now you're in control. I see texts, and then I just kind of like, I don't really feel like responding right now. I'll respond later. And people, that's what people in my generation get mad about. Right. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it funny that they still call it a phone? This generation doesn't call anybody. Yeah. It's it's all it's all text or percent texting. We still call it a phone. I mean. It's a handheld uh, computer. Yeah. Hey, no, they, computer. they don't do email either. Yeah. I think they're migrating to device now. I think they're calling them the device. The devi- yeah, that's a very good that's point. True. Device. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. He's, the, the email is, they're saying that's dead as well. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, you still need an email address, but sure. we don't we don't communicate with each other through email unless yeah. it's professional. And right. in reality, like nobody through, even then I text my chiropractor, I text. Yeah. To, wow. for. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I text them for... Uh, yeah, everything's text and I am. Yeah, yeah and that's, honestly, that's kind of nice because I don't like calling people on the phone. I'm, I'm fine with FaceTime. I yeah. just, I can't talk to people in person without wait, seeing their face. It's, oh, without seeing their face. Because, okay, because I get confused because you like uh, at the drive-thru at your coffee shop where you work, you like to be the order taker because you get to talk to people, but then I guess you get to see them face-to-face when they get their order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, on a, and that's when I have the real interactions. It's pretty fun. I have funny interactions over the speaker and I have like interesting and good interactions yeah. with people on the window. Right. Like I had a conversation with someone for two minutes about running the yesterday. Yeah. It was just nice. super random. I, it was great. And yeah. I got a $5 tip. And you know, you know, go ahead, Lynn. No, I, I just think that, um, I hear him play his guitar, you know, in between classes. So yeah. that, that is a good way of disconnecting. And then his job, you know, cause he can't have his phone with yeah. him. Um, and just like I do listen guys. to music though, depending on what I'm doing. Yeah, but yeah. I'm just saying that you can't be doing it right in front of customers. So right. it's yeah. a good way of disconnecting from the technology, yeah. even yeah. if it's just for an hour or so. Well, the pandemic has is, is immersed them so heavily in technology, they're almost sick of it, right? Yeah. Oh, like, no, we, we hate online thought. school. Yeah. Well, most of us do. All of us are uh, 
I know very few people that are not doing hybrid, which is two days in, two days out. And yeah. even then, the people who aren't doing it are just scared. Yeah. Or they have people who are super at risk. Right, You have right. an option in Fairfax County yeah. to stay at home the rest of the year or do... Hybrid. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get it. We're doing hybrid in our yeah. house, so I get it. I get it. You know, the, the, a really, the really cool thing about all this is, and, and you get it, Joey, is that people are, are cool. People, I mean... It's really amazing when you get out and just mix it up with people. It's how I got to know your mm-hmm. dad. Uh, I've, I've, this is the second time I'm meeting you, Lynn, and everybody's got a story. Every single person you meet has a story. Every single person you meet has a struggle. Every single one of them. You can meet the most put together person that you think has everything neatly lined up and their life is perfect. And when you start scratching the surface and you sit down and start having a real honest chat with somebody, you start to get to to know somebody, you always learn they've got some kind of a a health condition or they have a mental condition or they have difficulties with family members. You know, it is, it is, and it's not, and and there's a lot of really cool, fun things about people too. Like you, you met mostly cool, fun things about people, right? I'm not, I'm not painting a dark picture here, but uh, you know, one of the, one of the most fun days I I, I had right before uh, COVID, I, I took a trip and I wanted to go see my two first bass player, bass teachers who both lived in New Jersey. And one of them uh, owns a uh, coffee shop in one part of New Jersey. And the other one uh, is in, uh, I think it's called Spring Lake, New Jersey, uh, you know, south of New York. So put the family in the car. We did a road trip. And we had a bunch of people we just wanted to go see that I, had, I hadn't seen in forever. And we go and we stop in uh, to the to the first guy and we chat with him and we have lunch at his cafe. And then we go to the second place where we check into a hotel and we checked in uh, to the hotel and we had like three or four hours before we were going to meet John Perry, who was my uh, longest base teacher I had. And he's going to eventually be on the uh, on the show here. Cool. I want to get his story and talk to him. But we had some time, we were in the hotel, and my one son, Nicholas, was doing something. My wife was in the shower, so I told my other son, Alexander, I said, let's go out and just let's go mix it up with the folks, and let's go see what we run into. So we go out, and we're at Asbury Park, and we go down, and and we're walking on the pier, and there's a, a news crew set up, right? And you can see they've got the lights and the cameras. And uh, so I go, let's just see what this is all about. So we're hanging out and we start asking people around what's going on, who's coming. And they say, oh, Governor Murphy's going to be here and he's going to be interviewed about blah, 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 whatever. So we're just kind of standing there. And then Governor Murphy pulls up and he gets out of his car and he comes walking over and he walks straight over to Alexander, my son, and starts talking to him. And I'm immediately thinking to myself, this guy thinks I'm a New Jersey voter, right? (laughs) So, but it was a really just a cool random experience, right? And I think that is, that is a really big part of why I want to do this podcast is because there's so many incredibly interesting people out there and it's so easy to go out and mix it up with folks and learn interesting things, but it does take time and we all get busy and we all get in the grind and we all get moving, moving, moving and it all falls uh, by the wayside. So it's really great to hear your story. I love that 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 you get it, you know, and I love that you um, 
are working hard to make your life the best that, that you can make it. And I love that you're working at a coffee shop and you can chat it up with folks. And I can guarantee you just keep doing that. You're going to end up doing something with your passion, right? And if you love talking to people and and uh, mixing it up with folks and, and, and you like to be a little bit mischievous uh, with it as well. Absolutely. I yeah. would just, I would say a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you like to have, you like to mess with people. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's a youngster thing. I think when we were all youngsters, we enjoyed uh, that. Now I realize that everybody has a struggle, <laughs> no matter who they are. And I don't, I don't mess with anybody anymore. But oh. do, do you have a funny story you want to close out with about uh, uh, a safe funny story? A safe funny story <laughs> about mean, how you messed with somebody in a good way or a fun way or a. I mean, I did mess with my entire school. Yeah. Um, oh, that was pretty funny. Yeah. That okay. Was okay. Funny. That was pretty funny. I'm getting the green so, light from mom and yeah, dad. Okay. On I needed lights. to make sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So did I. So <laughs> I got this idea to print to make a bunch of posters that looked official, saying that there was a mandatory drug test throughout and for my school, and right. I put thirty all over the school. Right. And everyone on social media started freaking out because <laughs> my uh, let's just say my school is not. Despite the posters, it's we're not school. very drug free. Right. Um, it's a high school. It's a high yeah. school. What, what do yeah. you expect? Fifty percent of the kids would have failed that. Yeah. Um, and they all started freaking out. And there was a. It was. It was a very ridiculous poster. Yeah. I, I don't think I can repeat some of the things on there. But if you kept reading, it was obvious that it was fake. But at the first paragraph, looked very real. Right. And with, I thought it would take like a day for me to get caught. It took one hour. Oh wow. Um, because I didn't know that they monitor the cameras 24 seven. Right. And I went into the office and then I talked my way out of suspension. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. His principal lives four doors down. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, well, I mean, she wasn't involved directly that I know of. Um, yeah. I oh, talk, with you talking yourself out of the suspension, you mean? Yeah, yeah I okay. talked to my assistant principal who already yeah. like liked me from before. And then right. I just was like, I had no malintent. I just wanted to do something funny because yeah. I was bored. Right. Honestly, I was bored. I didn't. I wanted to change things up, make, do something funny. Nice. Yeah. Made my day. And she called me. I got the phone call. Yeah. <laughs> and she was laughing, but she's like, you know, there has to be consequences. I'm yeah. like, of yeah. course. I got two community service hours. That's it. I'm right. not complaining. Yeah. Well, for a lot of people, that's not even consequences, right? Because uh, for a lot of folks, they do community service anyway. Well, I had to help the janitors, which wasn't bad at all. Yeah. I, I wasn't complaining. Yeah. Um, hey, I, still John, have, I still have an hour. I was going <laughs> to say, you know, the, the future of good communication is this. It's the podcast. Right. Because you don't meet real people on Facebook. You don't meet. You meet their avatar. You meet their what they yep. want you to believe about them. Here's right. my perfect family. Here's yep. you know, this is where you get long format to the root of things. Absolutely, and absolutely. They are saying podcasts are more popular now than ever. Yep. And yep. Uh, it takes off for me. It's I, I don't even know why radio exists anymore. I mean, podcasts yep. are so good. That's what I do when I'm driving. I yep. love driving now because of podcasts. So. Yep. This is it. This is how you're going to get to the bottom of things. Well, it's this awesome. is where the real news is going to come from. You know, yeah. Our media has failed us. It's uh, yeah. turned into some other animal. Yeah, it's true. It's a it's a weird time, and that's why I say we don't even know where it's all going. Right? We're not going to know for I decades. This. And, yeah, it's going to be yeah, long this is a format. Big part of it. Not headlines. Not. Yeah you know, manipulated news. It's, it's going to be the person telling yep. their whole story. The real deal. Yep. Well, so here we are with the real deal with Joey, Lynn, and Frank. And thank you guys for coming in. Thank I'm you. I really yeah. enjoyed thank hearing you. your story. 
And, uh, you know, if we can, if we can help one person and give one person light, don't be afraid to ask for help. That's, That's the it. bottom Absolutely. line. That's exactly yep. it. And, and, and if you do ask for help and you don't get it, ask again. Absolutely. Yes. Somebody else. It's mm-hmm. worth it. Yeah. Yep. It's hard at first, but you, anyone can get help, I believe. Yeah. He has the right tools for life now. That's awesome. Exactly. And if anything, I'm glad all that happened because now I'm in a great place. And while that was painful for half a year, I'm in a great place now. And like my dad said, I yeah. have all the tools to live a good life now. You're lucky because it could have gone on for mm-hmm. a lot longer. Right. And it could have. I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky way. and very yeah. grateful. I understand yeah. my situation completely. Well, thanks again, Joey, for telling your story. Thank you for having me on. You got it. If you or someone you know is struggling with depression, don't wait until it's too late. Learn from Joey's story and reach out to someone. Disconnect every once in a while and stay positive and love your life. This is John Jorgensen, and thanks for listening.